On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I am your host, Texans reporter for ESPN Houston, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy, Hickman. And today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. The football season will be different, and Pepsi has been here every Sunday to get us ready for game day, no matter how we all watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment everybody needs to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans like you and I, we're the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those of us who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Today is Thursday, and Cody and I are very excited to partner with Locked On Bengals to present to you what we do every Thursday, Cody. Locked On, the crossover edition. As you guys know, Houston does take on the Bengals on Sunday, and so we will discuss the Texans, and then we'll get to the Bengals as well. However, first, just some quick news. Uh, Titus Howard, the right tackle, our right tackle, who was having uh, a bit of an up and down season, but had a decent season to consider the time that he missed last year. Well, we know that he went out Sunday and he has been officially placed on IR. Cody, what before we get to the Bengals and Texans, what are we going to start off today's show with? Well, we're going to start today's show talking about DJ Reader. The trade of DeAndre Hopkins stole the headlines for the Houston Texans, and that made a lot of us here, not not just here on Locked On Texans, but all over, you know, kind of overlook other departures that the Houston Texans had over this past offseason. And one of those guys was Reader, who left the Texans in April and signed a four-year deal worth $53 million to join the Cincinnati Bengals, where he only played five games this season and was ruled out for the rest of the year due to a quad injury. But, John, this is something I want to discuss before we go into our crossover show because, yes, Reader is not going to play on Sunday, but it has me wondering and looking back on is Reader's departure another example of how bad the Texans have been mismanaged over the past 24 months? And John, I know you talked about this a lot here on this show. Reader was very important to the Texans defense, especially at stopping the run. You look at where they were last year. Um, last year, they ranked sort of in the middle of the pack. And they only gave up 121 yards per game. This year, <laughs> they have given up the second worst only in front of the Dallas Cowboys as they have given up 150 rushing yards per game. And you look back at where they were two years ago in 2018, they were the third best team at stopping the run, only allowing 82 yards and of course, that was a front line that also featured J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney as well. And I also wanted to talk about this because on yesterday we heard from J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson. And both of those guys spoke about D.J. Reader and they said that they actually miss him beyond his contributions on the field. They talked about how a great veteran leader he was in the locker room. J.J. Watt went on to call him one of his best friends in the entire world. Yeah, you know, I look at the loss uh, kind of how I look at Ra Bradley Roby's loss throughout the year uh, they are very good but you know Houston struggled with the run last year it's even worse but it wasn't year. as bad right no but and that's why I made that comparison like when Bradley Roby is in the game 
Houston is still going to struggle in that secondary. But when he's out the game, it's like, I mean, it's just still, it's it's worse. And so with DJ Reader, his departure going to Cincy, and I hate that he didn't get an opportunity to play the full year. I think he would have had a very great year for Cincy, all things considered. But Houston misses him. Um, my, my only thought to the loss is, would he have really made a difference considering last year, uh, mind you, his first year playing without Jadavion Clowney, last year, the run defense struggled. And I think, you know, you, you look at how inexperienced this defensive front is coming into this year outside of J.J. Watt. You have Carlos Watkins out there. You throw him out there, Brandon Dunn, who then we lost to the season with an injury, um, to the, to an injury. Then you have uh, Wendy Merciless, who's a non-factor. Uh, you have rookies out there, third-year players out there. We would have still been bad. And so I'm happy for him to get the contract that I think he deserved. Uh, he wanted it, and, and he got it. Uh, and do I wish he was still in Houston? Yeah, but I'm over wasting good players' time, right? Like, and I think if you go to Cincinnati, you sign up for what you sign up for, you get what you wanted. But to, if we would have brought him back to Houston on a lesser deal, then we would have been wasting his time because with less money, that means to me you want him to buy in so you can uh, – so as an organization and as a team, you can make it to the highest level that you can, which will be a Super Bowl. And I think we can agree that Houston is, you know, far from that. And and so shout-out to DJ Reader for getting his contract up. Also worth mentioning, we lost DJ Reader to the Cincinnati Bengals. Former Cincinnati Bengals coach Marvin Lewis did interview with Houston on yesterday – uh, let me tell you something right now. <laughs> Hated it. I don't know if you guys remember in Living Color, they used to have Damon Wayans and David Allen Grill on Living Color, and they would do their movie uh, reviews. Let me tell you right now, if, if Marvin Lewis, by the way, would not be hired for the Houston Texans, but even the thought of interviewing him, my gosh, hated it. But he did interview with the Houston Texans on Wednesday. We're ready to discuss the Cincinnati Bengals and the game on Sunday, of course, but we're all ready for some football. College football heads into bowl season, and there are big matchups this weekend. NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use that promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for your 50% welcome bonus. 50%. Nobody else is doing that. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. Your online book experts. I told you guys about Built Bar, how great Built Bar is, but I also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. Six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft, and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy 
conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets right you can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat the bars are low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber and great for a keto diet and here's another thing bill bar is doing for their customers right now you get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last which is only for a few weeks or so so, so go ahead and hop on that right now go to billboard.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get ten dollars off your next order Again, use promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order. Hey, guys, if you are, you know, looking for a, a show on Sunday to watch before the Texans and Bengals kick off, a show that talks about every game and every team in depth, check out Locked On NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, straight football, baby. Every Sunday morning with hosts Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. Here on this crossover Thursday, it's Bengals-Texans in Houston on Sunday. And for more on the Texans, let's get Cody and John's perspective from Locked On Texans. Guys, I appreciate the time. How are we doing? Doing great uh, here in Houston outside of, you know, what we mentioned in the, you know, pre-discussion outside of sports. Um, I'm doing fine. You know, I've accepted the fate of Houston sports being in chaos and turmoil. <laughs> uh, I'm going to just have to live through it. Uh, we've experienced it before. It's, it's no problem to experience it again. So uh, outside of that, we're doing fine. I am. Let, let's uh, let's start with some of that turmoil and the Texans. Obviously, this season hasn't gone as planned. Bill O'Brien was fired what seems like ages ago. Romeo Cornell, interim head coach. Let's just start with the general take on this team. How surprised are you that this season has gone the way it's gone? I think in hindsight, we should not be surprised at all. I mean, every move that was made and we can call it a calculated move by uh, Bill O'Brien, but every move that was made during the offseason this year and last year as well truly led to where we are right now. Uh, you can go all the way back to trading Jadavion Clowney to uh, Seattle, right? You make that move, and now you can't stop the run. Uh, you can look at trading Larry Tunsil, trading for Larry Tunsil and Kenny Steele's uh, that's a part of the chaos because now we have, we're going to have a very difficult time in fixing our team here in Houston. You can look at the DeAndre Hopkins move. You can look at bringing in David Johnson with that move. You can look at it, a lot of things and we shouldn't be surprised. And throughout the entire offseason, we were force fed a lot of lies because Bill O'Brien and his coaching staff and his front office liked the guys that they brought in because they were, Guys that they can kind of control a little bit. They were, they were not big personalities. And Bill, big, and Bill O'Brien has had uh, several run-ins with players with bigger personalities. It goes back to Dwayne Brown. And so where we sit at with four wins on the season, heartbreaking losses, games where we should have won. Uh, overall, this is just a part of the game any given Sunday. Any Sunday of, of the season and any season of a career, 
like a prime of Deshaun Watson. You never know what's going to happen. It just so happened it got around to him. And now we're sitting at four wins, a terrible season, and a very difficult future to manage in repairing what has been broken. Cody, where are Texans fans' minds at right now? Because I know Bengals fans are you know, thinking about the draft to a degree, and obviously the Bengals right now set to pick third overall. Well, the Texans don't have their first round pick. So is it focusing on health? Is it focusing on maybe getting a win or two down the stretch and building momentum, the coaching and GM search? Well, where are Texans fans' minds at right now? Um, they're just focused on the offseason. I've said this multiple times here on this show that this is going to be the most important offseason in franchise history because not only are you looking for a general manager and a head coach at the end of the day, whoever you bring in, I'm pretty sure they're going to be around for the next five to six years, which means they're going to be writing the story for Deshaun Watson's career as a Houston Texan. And right now, you know, from a fan perspective, everyone is just done with this season. Well, hell, they've been done with this season after the 0-4 start. There was a little bit of a hope after Romeo Cannell came in and took over, and you saw there was a couple games where the Texans should have won, like the game in Tennessee and in the two heartbreaking games that they lost against Indianapolis. But at this point, everyone is just done with this season. They're just ready to move on to 2021. And I, I get that from a fan's perspective. Uh, the one guy that doesn't seem to be done and, and is balled out really over the past two months, and, and you expect it, but I think there was an adjustment period early on in the year. It's Deshaun Watson. I mean, you look at his numbers over the past eight games or so, and he's just playing at a, a really, really high level. What have you seen from him over this stretch? Because this is a Bengals defense that has played pretty well over the past five weeks, but I, I don't think they've seen a quarterback uh, nearly as talented as a guy like Deshaun Watson. Well, what we have seen out of Deshaun Watson is basically him starting to scratch the surface of how good he can be. Because, look, we know the first three years of his career, we, we knew how good Deshaun Watson is. But the only thing that was bothering me, John, and everyone else around the city of Houston is the fact that we felt that Bill O'Brien was kind of holding Deshaun Watson back. I do want to add that I, I'm really disappointed of the Texans' record because if they had somewhat of a respectable record, this team – could have placed their quarterback in MVP discussions. And I don't know how you might feel about this, but I'm on record by saying I believe that Deshaun Watson is just as talented as Patrick Mahomes. And I know that might throw a lot of people off guard, but when you take a look at the weapons and you take a look at the system that Patrick Mahomes is playing in, I mean, this guy is playing in the perfect system, the perfect team. As for Deshaun Watson, he came into the season – he lost arguably the best wide receiving that he might ever play with. Um, the coaching staff is holding him back, and he is still able time and time to get every single Sunday to go out there and put on a remarkable show. So I don't know what you guys can do to slow Deshaun Watson down, even though I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a reporter of the Texans. I kind of hope that you guys don't see too much of Deshaun Watson come Sunday because with two games left, you're 4-10. and 10, There's nothing to play for. The last thing I want to do is see Deshaun Watson go out there and get hurt by playing meaningless football. And it scares me to a certain degree. So hopefully Romeo Cannell and the coaching staff will come to their senses and say, you know what, Deshaun, you go out there, get your feet wet a little bit, and we're going to put in A.J. McCarron for the majority of the game because... Is that a possibility? Is that something they're talking about, benching Watson for A.J. McCarron? Because there's a whole A.J. McCarron revenge angle 
I'm the Bengals if that's the case. Well, there you go. But no, not not a, not <laughs> right now. I knew I know last week after we suffered that awful blowout loss against the Chicago Bears, there was um, some chatters amongst us reporters, and we asked Romeo Cannell and Tim Kelly and the rest of the coaching staff, you know, would you guys consider sitting um, not just Deshaun Watson but JJ Watt as well? Because you know, like I just mentioned, the last thing you want to do is risk the health of these guys and have them suffer a devastating injury that can not only affect 2021, but possibly beyond. And then that can also affect the coaching search and the, and the general manager search and all the whole entire coaching staff. And along with Watt and Watson, they all say, you know, if they're healthy, they're going to go out there and give this franchise, this team in, in this city, they're all out on the field. Um, but as of right now, at the time of this recording, they shot those rumors down, but I'm pretty sure Hopefully, there's something I'm hoping for that they at least limit their time on the field. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they do that. John, let's switch gears. Let's talk about the defense for a second. Who should the the Bengals be worried about in this one? It's either going to be Ryan Finley or Brandon <laughs> Allen at quarterback, and uh, the Bengals offense certainly not scaring people. So who's uh, who's scary on the the Texan side of the ball? <laughs> uh, nobody. <laughs> nobody. Hey, let me tell you something. Ryan Finley just got his first win on Monday. Ryan Finley dropped a Finley dropped a couple of beautiful passes on Monday. Ryan Finley just beat the best defense in the league. I think Ryan Finley will will have a a, a career day against Houston Sunday. And I'm not. I I, I wish people could see your, your reaction when I say that, but I'm I'm serious. Listen, we gave a rookie quarterback out of Jacksonville, his first uh, week started, he threw for 300 yards. Mm-hmm. Do I think Ryan Finley can throw for 300 yards in this league playing against the Houston Texans? Absolutely. We're bad on all four phases, three phases of the defense. Right, we're not stopping the run. So a P run is, is um Joe Mixon, be, will he be back? He will Sunday? not be back. So it's, it's Gio and, and P Ryan and, uh, okay. and Williams. Yep. So, so they will they will be able to collectively do a very good job uh, for you guys on Sunday. I think that you know uh, between the three of them, they rush for over 110 yards. Um, so we, we 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 have a hard time stopping the run. We don't really get after the pass rush. So one thing that the Texans do not do is create turnovers. There's nobody on this defense that Ryan Finley should really fear. Uh, I would I would mention. If, of any of those, if Jacob Martin gets some playing time, uh, over 35% of snaps, then we can see Jacob Martin, who doesn't need a lot of playing time to get a sack or two. I can see him maybe causing some pressure uh, Sunday against the Bengals and for Ryan Finley. But overall, throughout this entire year, if you can go back to a game, a string of games, and say, well, this player is really – uh, dominating for Houston and making a difference, then, hey, I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> but it's not going to happen. That's how bad our defense has been. And there's been a lot of talk that, you know, Zach Cunningham, who leads the AFC in tackles, should have made the Pro Bowl. Even I don't think he's a factor for Sunday's game. I don't think he's a player that should put fear, so to speak, in Ryan Finley's eyes. He just went up against the best defense in the NFL. Now you're going to play the 31st? It'll be all right. Like, you know, Ryan Finley may go out there and throw for 
three sixteen, three touchdowns, and you know, well, maybe a forced fumble there because he was just Ryan feeling, but that's just what it is. Yeah, I wish people could see my reaction because the idea of Ryan Finley lighting anyone up is uh, does bring a smile to most Bengals fans' faces, and we'll certainly see if that happens. So, all right, fellas, let's uh, let's switch gears next and and talk about these uh, these Bengals, which have one less win than your Texans. The holidays are about giving, so I'm giving you a hot tip that can earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today wherever you get your podcast. Talked about the uh, Texans in the first half of the show. That was fun. And again, guys, if you guys was able to see James's face, you, you may think that we're playing, but we're, we're super serious. However, let's talk about you guys. And I want to ask, as a fan, uh, what are you hearing locally? How much trust does the Bengals organization have in Zach Taylor moving forward uh, as a young head coach in the NFL? I don't think fans have trust, but certainly the Bengals organization. I don't think he was like his seat wasn't super hot going into to Monday night's game. And it, anytime you beat the Steelers and they had a lost 11 straight games to the Steelers, that's going to help things. It's going to cool things off a bit. So I do expect Zach to be back, not just because of the Monday night game, because they've had a lot of close losses this year. And obviously you lose Joe Burrow and things like that. And it, you know, it's going to be tough and the, the record is going to be uglier than it would have been had number nine been out there uh, to this point in the year. So I do expect him to be back. I think there is heat, um, but but really what Monday night was about, I th- mostly wasn't really, and I do think it convinced the front office some, and it certainly has an impact, but I think it might've changed fans' minds and opened the door for fans to be tolerant of Taylor a little bit longer. And, and if he can take that momentum into this week against Houston, into the final week of the season against Baltimore, and not necessarily win those games, but show that, he can coach a, a buttoned up team and keep things together. That, then I think fans could be positive or, or cautiously optimistic at least about his future and about the future of the Bengals. Cause obviously it's a flawed roster. They're dealing with a ton of injuries, uh, but he obviously got the most out of them on Monday night. And I think a lot of fans were excited and happy to see that specifically because it didn't impact their draft status. They're still going to get the third pick as of now, if they don't win any more games. How has it been watching rookie receiver T Higgins thrive this season? And what is the future outlook knowing that you guys will have an opportunity to watch him play alongside Joe Burrow once he returns back from his injury? I think people are so excited about T Higgins. I'm really excited about him because he's a young 21 year old, extremely hard worker can make the contested catches uh, soft-spoken kid that goes out there and plays his ass off. And Cincinnati loves, loves, loves players like that, as any fan base would, right? And uh, the, the prospect of him and Joe Burrow growing together ha- has fans really excited about an old 9 to 85, it, it, you know, because Joe Burrow dons number 9, T. Higgins number 85. Well, Carson Palmer and Chad Johnson from uh, 2003 to 2010 wore those numbers for the Cincinnati Bengals. And it was the exact same thing, right? Is fans were ecstatic about that. And they have even higher hopes, I think, for Burrow and Higgins. And he was going to get a thousand yards with Burrow. You know, things were, were going in that direction. He was clearly one of the better rookie wide receivers. His numbers have taken a hit with Burrow out of the lineup, but certainly the future does appear to be bright for both guys. 
Well, let me just say I'm expecting a career day for T. Higgins because our secondary is terrible. And earlier this season, we allowed another rookie receiver to have a career a career day in Justin Jefferson. And that was when we had Justin Reed and Bradley Roby still out there on the field. So, wow. yeah, this is this is about to be very bad for Houston. I could, yeah, I, I could see him having a big day. And the other thing worth mentioning, Tyler Boyd could be out this week. He suffered a concussion on Monday. So quick turnaround in concussion protocol. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's out. I think that's likely. So if he's out, uh, then, then T. Higgins could see his fair share of targets, even more so without uh, that, that slot receiver there in Boyd. You know, here's a thought as well. Joe Burrow goes out because the inability to block for him is just not there, right? And Mm -hmm. that gruesome injury was just, like I saw it and I I thought to myself, please don't replay this. You never want to see that to a young stud like Joe Burrow. And I think here in Houston, we can relate to having a bad offensive line. Mm -hmm. Is that the number one priority going into next year? I know Sunday's game is, coming up and we're going to get to that quickly but they got to fix that offensive line right I mean it has to be number one priority it is 100 percent. it is and and I think that's why fans they were excited about the Monday night win they also want to stay in that third spot because they want Penny Sewell the the left tackle from Oregon who's supposed to be you know once in a generation like talent and that's how they look at him and I, I don't know if he's that I'm not going to pretend like I'm a sole expert. And I watched all him, all of his snaps at Oregon the past two years. He obviously opted out this year, but that's where fans are thinking. And I think that's where the Bengals need to be thinking because Burrow showed enough in, in Deshaun Watson and the Texans. I think that it's, it's really similar. You know, the, those, those two organizations, what Watson did to kind of rejuvenate the Texans and Burrow is, is in a similar situation uh, dealing with a knee injury after his rookie year, get the help in the trenches so you don't have that problem moving forward. You don't want Joe Burrow coming back from an ACL, MCL, and, and other damage in his left knee running for his life again. You want him to be confident in, in what's in front of him. So I think that is their number one off offseason priority. What's the outlook on A.J. Green's future with the team? I know there was a couple of rumors circulating earlier in the year saying that he was demanding a trade, if I'm not mistaken. And um, I know that this is actually his last year in his contract. So do you see a situation where he's going to be returning to this team? I think it's unlikely. I, I do think it's possible. Uh, in, you know, I, I don't know if I what percentage I would give it, maybe 25% or something like that, that he returns. But he just hasn't worked in Zach Taylor's offense and whatever the case may be in something he's done, you know, there are fans that think, ah, his legs, he can't run anymore. I I don't think that. I think that it's a mixture. Maybe he lost a step, but the coaching staff hasn't done him any favors. Right. And and it is tough when you, when you see a guy lose a step a little bit and now you see T Higgins emerge and Tyler Boyd emerge, but I, I think AJ green is certainly capable. And if I'm him and I'm leaving Cincinnati, I'm looking for, a place with a veteran quarterback where I can thrive and put up numbers and and potentially contend at least for the playoffs because he's 32, going to be 33 years old. He's made a ton of money. And I think now it's about kind of solidifying his legacy and winning. And so uh, we'll see. I thought he was going to have a huge year with Burrow and and it just, it it didn't happen even before Burrow got injured. It never, it never clicked, but to look at Sunday's game, uh, you guys are going to want to build off the momentum of beating the Pittsburgh Steelers, number one in your division right now. Uh, what can the Cincinnati Bengals do Sunday to game plan around Houston and eventually go home with the dub? 
I think the key is, is this defense, can they contain Deshaun Watson? You know, he's going to get his, but they've done a good job over the past five weeks of limiting their opponents and, and not giving up 30 plus points because uh, a Ryan Finley or Brandon let Allen led offense, especially if Tyler Boyd's out, Joe Mixon's obviously out for Sunday. It, they're just not going to score 30, <laughs> you know, and, and last week they did score 27, but 17 of those came uh, off of turnovers and it's because they had the ball inside the Steelers 40 yard line on three of those scoring possessions. So that, that was a big part of it. So that that's, that's the key to me specifically on defense and on offense. Can they find a way to generate a couple consistent drives? They've been good for even on Sunday, they had one 80 yard drive outside of that or Monday, rather one 80 yard drive. It seems like every week they have one long drive. And, and other than that, they, they can't generate and be consistent on offense because they don't have burrow. They don't have some of their weapons. Well, I, I think that's kind of the key. You guys talked about how bad the Texans defense is this would be a good opportunity for Zach Taylor to show, Hey, I can coordinate. I can call the plays uh, for an offense that that is capable without Joe Burrow of putting up numbers consistently, which is something he hasn't done since Burrow went down. I think when we look at what Houston has to do to potentially be the Bengals uh, for one, of course, you got to keep the ball in Deshaun Watson's hand. If he's going to be out there, uh, but your run defense without DJ reader, and uh, I think that's something that we can possibly have some success against. However, I'm not really too confident in Houston winning the game. So my prediction for Sunday's game is 18-13 uh, Bengals. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Cody? You leaning that way too? You taking Cincinnati? Yeah, I'm taking Cincinnati as well. Look, this is just going to be a repeat performance of what we have seen over the last couple of weeks. Deshaun Watson is going to go out there and prove why he should be a should be in the MVP discussions. Deshaun Watson's play has not been a problem. It's been the Texans' defense. They cannot stop anybody. And, and just like I just mentioned, I believe that T. Higgins is going to have a phenomenal game with no one in the Texans' secondary able to cover him. So with that being said, I'm going to roll with Cincinnati – 27 Houston Texans 21 wow I can't believe this it's been a you're, rough year it's what? been a rough year <laughs> you're, you're I mean you're speaking to it you're preaching to the choir here I'm just I, I don't know if there's been a game this year where the the Bengals uh, opponents you know on these crossovers have picked the Bengals to win uh I, I I don't see it guys I'll be honest with you and, and another thing I do want to say add this. really quick um you know, the Texans, they are basically playing with like third string players and practice players because so many guys are either hurt or suspended. That is what actually hurt this team over the last three to four weeks as well. I will say this, my track record of picking the uh, the other team to win actually does turn out in favor for Houston. But I don't I don't think it's going to happen Sunday. I think the Bengals will actually win this game. Yeah, I, uh, I, I get it. I think it'll be close. I also think that if Deshaun Watson gets the ball with two minutes left, that he's going to march downfield, just like Carson Wentz did. Think about it. Carson Wentz did it against this defense back in week three, down seven. He, he drove the Eagles downfield. That guy's on the bench right now. And we've seen that time and time again. Baker Mayfield went 22 of 23 down the stretch in week seven against this team. Phillip Rivers sliced and diced this team. And the defense is playing better, but part of that might have to do with the quarterbacks they faced and Ben struggling you know that's the only really good quarterback they've played over the past five weeks so i'll flip it I'll, I'll i'm team deshaun i guess here 
on the, the Locked on Texans podcast. I'll take Deshaun Watson in the Texans 24, <laughs> Bengals 17. Well, if it's two minutes, two minutes left and they're marching down the field, I guarantee you somebody is going to fumble the ball. I guarantee <laughs> you that. Uh, it's 2020. It's been a theme. They're going to fumble, and Cincinnati's still going to come away victorious. You guys are determined to get uh... – yeah, I mean, if you lose again, the Dolphins are going to slide into the top five or four or three. They might leapfrog the, frog the Bengals in That's that first we round. Want. We want we want anarchy. <laughs> this is what they leave us with, the product, because they were too lazy and delegated all of the powers to one man who ended up getting fired four games into the season. Let's just have anarchy. How about that? <laughs> it sounds good to me, fellas. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Of course, subscribe to Locked On Texans and Locked On Bengals on all of your major podcasting platforms, which include Google and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. And as always, I am your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.